Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your baseball is suspended home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us on bleedcubbyblue.com, and we blast each episode and related content from our Twitter, at Cup of Cubby Blue. And I am not going to lie, Andy, I am... Super bummed that it's opening day and all we have are sim games and my suffering from baseball withdrawal hoodie. Hi, guys. This is Andy Cruz. Me in a second. I am going to try really hard not to break down and cry during this recording because just thinking about what we should be enjoying right now (laughs) is hard. It's really hard. I mean, obviously, there's bigger things going on in the world right now, but, you know, that's kind of our – I know that's – an escape for you and that's an escape for me. So yeah, this is definitely, it's been a struggle without baseball and and knowing what today could have been and should have been, it makes it that much harder today. No, totally. I think it's completely fair for us to be sad and trying not to cry today. And I don't think that that has anything to do with not taking the pandemic seriously or how dare you not like, how dare you care about sports instead of, something else. Like I get it. There are all sorts of people out there who are like, we have more important things right now and we don't need sports. I actually have one of my diary entries coming up about that, but this is a rough day for people who use sports as their outlet and there's no opening day. I mean, I know MLB is trying really hard to get people stoked about all of the great classic games they're showing. I've already gotten notifications about game four of the ALCS where the Red Sox came back um, to beat the Yankees, which, by the way, if you've never seen that game, it's a classic. You should totally watch it. Um, And they're showing the Cubs game seven of the World Series. They're also showing the Tuffy Rhodes game later tonight. I mean, they're doing what they can. It's just, I don't know, in a weird way, all of this, they're doing what they can, and it's not baseball, just sort of throws everything into stark reality that, there's no baseball and there's not going to be for a long time. And I guess, you know what, before we even get any farther than this, it just leads me to where I kind of wanted to start with this podcast, which is Andy, how are you? Like, how are, no, I'm serious. Like, how are you? No, how is your family? How are your kids? What is reality? It is, it is a crazy new experience on this end. And I'm not going to lie. I've definitely had my moments this has already been a super sucky year and um, I've, tr- I've tried really hard. It would be very easy for me to climb into a hole and just kind of throw the towel in on this year thus far. But um, I have way too many people that rely on me and need me to kind of be um, their sunshine, if you will. That's not really what I am all the time, but I know there's people that like to, to have my cheeriness around when I am able to be that way. So I think, this experience has kind of really forced me to um, find the absolute good in everything that you can, because otherwise you just, there's just so much right now. There's so much, so many different ways that you could go negative and think negative and just be, you know, anxiety ridden 24 seven, which I'm struggling with. I know you probably are too, because you know, you, you, you deal with anxiety like I do and many people that listen to us do. And it's, it's a lot as an adult, the things that we see right now happening around us and knowing that there are certain levels of care that people are showing and not appropriate levels. Like 
I'm just going to say to kind of, I don't want to make light of it, but in, in my house, we have gotten so much done. We've been forced to get a lot. <laughs> done. We have two home offices in my basement. I live in an old um, South St. Louis city house and our basement is unfinished. It, there's not any rooms or anything. It's basically one big open room. And we it had been storage up until about a week and a half ago. And now we have two office spaces down there. We have a full dance studio. We have a workout area. <laughs> I mean, it's insane what this has forced us to do. But at the same time, it's like, I think when it's all said and done, speaking for myself and my family, when we're able to go back out and live our life the way that we are used to living it, it will be different. It will be very different for us. Things will be better. Things will be, we will go out and experience more and we'll take advantage of being able to visit with friends more. And when we go to a baseball game, I mean, it will be like no other baseball game that we've been to, you know, like that first ba baseball game back, just because you have it taken away from you. And it's a, it's a harsh reality to think about what this world could be like if, you know, there wasn't a, a large amount of people taking this serious. So there's definitely some serious points to this, but there's also, you can take a lot of bright points from it too, and really, you know, kind of hone in on what is really important in your life and what you should be doing and how you should be acting in a person in this society right now. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that your family has like taken advantage of this to remake your entire basement and figure out ways to keep things going, to keep in touch with the things that you love. Um, with work, with dancing, with all of the things that keep us going as this is going on. I mean, I, I live by myself um, and that's challenging in its own way. Although I, I'm an introvert. So as Andy knows this, when she was here for a Cubs convention, I was the one that was like, oh my gosh, this party has to stop because I have to go home and I, I cannot be around people anymore. <laughs> I don't love you all. I think you're great. But I was just like, well, it's been like three days that I haven't had a break. <laughs> um, but even as an introvert, like this is, this is kind of hard. It's very different. Right. Um, I'm not used to going, like I could, I could go days right now without talking to people if I wasn't reaching out and, and I am reaching out. I wouldn't do that. I talk to my parents once a day, I, honestly, partially to make sure they're not coughing because I'm just terrified. <laughs> um, but also just to hear from them and to know they're doing okay and in a weird quirk, because this is something we could have done at any point in time, but we never did it until now. Some debate coach friends of mine from way back in the day and I have started doing twice weekly virtual happy hours. And it's bizarre because like we've never lived in the same place and we could have done this at any time. It's a couple in San Jose, two friends of mine in Boston and a woman in Virginia and another one in Bakersfield, California. And I don't know why we never did this. Like, I don't know why we were always too busy with our commutes or whatever to take time to touch base with each other, but we were until all of this and now we're not. And it's just, I look forward to those calls with them so much because it's so nice to see that they're doing okay to hear what they're hearing from their families, from their friends, from life in general. And so it's interesting, the things that we're learning to appreciate about life and each other. And I, I agree with you. And I finally get to go to Wrigley Field and see the Cubs play again. Hopefully later this summer, it is going to be an entirely different experience. And I'm just, I'm warning you now, Andy, because I'm sure you'll be here too. I'm going to cry. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm almost, I'm almost in tears thinking about it. It's going to be 
just such a wonderful release to have the, that back as a society that I, I, it's going to make me cry. I'm almost in tears talking about just thinking about it. Well, listen, and I can tell you, and I know I've told you this story before, but every time, every season at my first game at Wrigley, walking up, no matter what direction I'm walking from, the second I can see any part of Wrigley, it's like the heavens open up for me. And like, I just feel that big lump in my throat and I just know it's coming. And I almost always have sunglasses on, whether it's snowing, raining, sunshine out, whatever, because I just know that there's going to be tears shed and you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't have to explain it to, to most of the people I'm with, but sometimes it's just, you, you know, you want to have that moment where it doesn't cause a reaction from everybody. And you just want to like be in that moment for a minute and not have to explain yourself. So I always appreciate that when I'm walking up and I just know it's coming in the second I see it, it's like, la, and it, <laughs> you just you have a moment with yourself and seeing that. And it's like, I, I'm struggling right now, choking up too, thinking about it because it's going to be even more special this year when we finally get to experience that. Yeah, let's jump right into, so there is Cubs news, people. It's not like the world is on pause. We just don't have actual baseball games to talk about. There is Cubs news. It's sort of like an extended offseason. I want to start with some good news, which is Chicago Cubs who are doing awesome things. So I, I jotted down a couple of things here. I'm sure there are others. But if you missed it, Jason Hayward donated $200,000 to uh, coronavirus relief in Chicago. And I thought that was really incredible. And Anthony Rizzo is using his family's foundation to make sure that hospital workers get hot meals, both in Chicago and in Florida. And so if you follow Rizzo or the Rizzo Family Foundation, on Twitter, there are lots of ways that you can help. And basically the money that you're giving goes to make sure that the people who are on the front lines at Lurie Children's Hospital and Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital in Florida get fed and get awesome food. And it, it's pretty sweet because it makes sure that restaurants are able to employ their workers to feed the hospital workers and hospital workers get great food. So those were my two shout outs for the, the Cubs who are just doing great things. I mean, it literally, I was writing about this in my daily diary without baseball for the site yesterday, two days ago, actually. Um, and the Rizzo one in particular just reminded me of the Mr. Rogers bit where he's like, you got to look for the helpers. <laughs> I can't even say the whole thing. I'm going to cry if I talk about Mr. Rogers and the helpers, but Rizzo and Jason Hayward are definitely helpers. And I'm pretty proud they're Chicago Cubs. Well, I want to give a shout out to um, my friends who I am so proud to be part of Bleed Cubby Blue, um, Al and Sarah, because if you've been reading any of the pieces that they put up on um, the website lately, you just, it, every time I read something from either one of you, I just feel so connected to a community that we're not able to actually physically hug right now, but you can feel the love virtually and um, it, it's, it's so easy to be negative and, um, you know, the sky is falling, that sort of thing, but just reading over and over again, that we have this community that we belong to, that everyone is in this together. We're all going through the same thing to see some of the, to see some of the words that you feel like, you know, somebody else is feeling the same way. It's just that much more comforting. And it's just so inspiring for me to be part of this website with you guys because 
I've seen some other people and what they're writing these days. And it's not all, you know, it's not all rainbows and, and roses and clouds and or rainbows and roses and, and, and happy faces, but it, it's, you know, you still don't feel like you're getting a virtual hug every time you read their pieces. And I'm telling you what, you guys are like literary wordsmiths. Like it's just awesome to like be able to see the stuff that you guys are putting out lately. And I love your day-to-day -day diary stuff like that it is, is really, really cool. I have to laugh though. I, Cause I believe it was yesterday when you're um, or was it the day before when you were talking the etiquette of it was um, yesterday? <laughs> okay. Yes. The etiquette of, of, um, running social or walking distancing. on a trail when you have the social distancing in order. And actually I think didn't Lori Lightfoot put something out today that everything is closed and you can't even use the pass and stuff now. Oh Lord. I'm so angry at all of Chicago right now. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to rant about Chicago for one second. So here's the thing, people, we all had to stay at home. And the one rule, like there was one rule, the rule was don't be within six feet of each other. That's it. That's the rule. You can go outside, you can run, you can walk, you can enjoy the parks, the lakefront, whatever. You cannot be within six feet of each other. And honestly, look, I get it. Yesterday was a beautiful day. It was like 57 degrees by the afternoon and nobody can go to the gym and nobody can go play basketball normally or do their normal thing or whatever. And so a bunch of people in Chicago decided that yesterday was their breaking out moment to like hang out on the lakefront trail. And I just, a true story. So in the afternoon, I went to go run and I got to the corner of Irving Park and Lakeshore Drive and I could, the I hit the stoplight there. So the walk signal hadn't gone yet. And I could see so much traffic on the path and so many people crowded up at the corner by where I was. I was literally like standing on the little grass hill there trying to get away from people that I just turned around and ran my neighborhood because I knew I couldn't possibly be on those trails with that many people and stay six feet away from people. And within two hours, the police had closed down the entire trail from Fullerton to Navy Pier. And then this morning it was closed for everybody. And I just, I feel like a few people who were selfish or thought they could push the rules or it'll be fine just this once or whatever, just wrecked something. And it's not everybody. It's a small minority. It's maybe like 20% of the people, but 20% of the people who just cannot follow the rules and understand why they're necessary are just wrecking things for everybody else. So if you're one of the people who's still out and about on the sidewalks with, and you think that in order to walk, you need both you and your friend and a stroller and both of your dogs and you get the entire sidewalk, I'm just telling you, you need to be more considerate of everybody else. You cannot take up the whole entire space. And if you need that much space, find somewhere secluded, find a yard or something that's open. I guess that's going to be difficult now since y'all closed the parks and find a place to toss the ball around in your little mini group or whatever. But your group cannot endanger everybody else. It's not fair. This is one of the only times where people need to look out for each other. And all you're being asked to do is stay six feet away from other people and stay at home so that people do not die. That's it. Do it. Well, so if you haven't read her piece, she <laughs> she did a great job of breaking that down and and you know really reminding us that it's not just about you, it's about everyone and keeping everyone safe. So, anyways, that was my shout out because I'm just very proud to be part of this Bleed Hubby oh. Blue community and and you know be part of the work that go that comes from that website and and doing this podcast and trying to make people smile and still keep spirits up and do what we can to 
you know, to, to keep the world a, a good place, even though some days it's, it's very trying, especially on a would-be opening day. So go read their pieces, you guys. They're really, really good. And they make me proud to be part of this website. Oh, thank you, Andy. I'm so happy to have you as my podcast partner in crime. I look forward to these conversations every single week. And I just love talking baseball with you. It just brings me a ton of joy. So even when there's not baseball, talking to you for 45 minutes or so brings me like the world's most joy. Speaking of joy, um, all teams in in Major League Baseball are donating at least $1 million to create a $30 million fund for stadium and arena workers. So if you are worried about your favorite beer vendor or hot dog person not having income during the shutdown, you don't have to worry about that. MLB has come together and is putting together that fund to make sure that's true. Al had a great piece on this on the site um, earlier this week, and I was really thrilled. You know, he goes to every single Cubs game, and he talked to some of the workers that he's gotten to know really well there over the years. And it just, it makes a huge impact. That's a part of people's income that they depend on. And I just want to read the quote that he got from one Wrigley Field worker who said, this is a big part of my livelihood. I do have another job, but the season being delayed greatly impacts my income. While I understand why the league chose to do this, it does affect employees in more ways than just health and safety. And for many, this is their only source of income or they are vendors who live off tips. And so if you have ways that you can help stadium workers, minor league players, some of the people who are maybe being forgotten at this time, keep doing it because that's awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, those people are are so happy that um, to hear that the teams are finally coming out of their pockets, which I think um, the players starting to do that probably sped that process up a little bit because Lord knows of players and owners who should be coming out of their pockets first. But um, it's it's such a a great thing that they're taking care of those people. And hopefully we continue to, to, to pass that along and pay it forward for other people that necessarily can't do anything like that for people that they would like to. So if you have the ability I highly recommend doing it. All right. And one more note here before we go to break, but Andy, it looks like you found a gem on TikTok. Tell me more. So I actually, while I'm thinking about this, I actually forgot I meant to text you this because I don't know how (laughs) active you are on TikTok, but did you see the hand gesture challenge that Wilson was on on TikTok? No, I, 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 my, my TikTok experience is still pretty limited. So Wilson has a TikTok. Uh, yeah, it's under the Cubs. The Cubs have been posting these. I think what's happening is they're probably asking the players to do some things just to, you know, keep everybody entertained and happy and, and you know, keep the Cubs fresh on everybody's mind. And um, Wilson, I think, had one yesterday. And then I think Steven Souza Jr. had one today. And they are both worthy of going right this second and watching <laughs> because, oh, my gosh, I have now deemed TikTok Thursdays at my house. And... <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I have three daughters, um, very, very close to teenagers, which is scary. Um, But we have decided since we're inside and we're all stuck in each other's face and this is what we're going to do, we're going to have TikTok Thursdays. So if you are on TikTok, go find me. I believe I am. um, I am my same handle, Andy Cruz Vanasek. I think that's what I am. I might have to double check that. But anyways, go find me because I'm sure that we're going to be releasing something this evening that will be um giggle worthy so um for your entertainment and if you can't or don't want to go find me go find the cubs for sure because they have released a video about every day i say 
um, of something good, players good. Oh my gosh, the Wilson one, Sarah, you're going to love. So make sure you go look at that. Uh, I will definitely check that out. I am pretty excited about seeing, well, any Wilson Contreras <laughs> <laughs> coverage right now. I'm like, I'm, I mean, Wilson withdrawals. Um, no, he also had a really great, I don't know if you saw this, he had a great Instagram video yesterday or the day before with his brother. And his brother is a catcher in the brave system and they, he had a Nerf gun. And so he was like sh- shooting Nerf balls that Wilson Contreras was hitting in the driveway. <laughs> oh yeah. I did see that. How to stay, how to stay fresh for the season or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did see that. That was awesome. It was so great. I laughed so hard. It made me incredibly, incredibly happy. And so I just really, I don't know. I appreciate The players are out there doing what they can to keep us smiling, and that's good stuff. Speaking of keeping us smiling, uh, we have lots of more smiles after the break. We do need to take a quick break for our sponsors, but on the flip side, we're going to talk about what a shortened season could look like, and we're also going to talk about some of these sim games that seem to be going on everywhere. We're back. Let's start with what these shortened season options look like. There are so many possible options. Ken Rosenthal and Jason Stark from The Athletic broke all of these down. I mean, I think everybody is sort of to the point right now where there's not going to be 162 games. So the question becomes, how many games can you get in? What do they look like? And there are some really fun ideas here, like including, I'm just going to kick it off the way they did, Andy, what do you think about starting the season with the All-Star game and just going right into it from there? You know, that's not the worst idea. Um, You know, like I've said this a few times about some of the options that we've heard, um, some of the rumored options. It's This is a situation where, like, you know, last year we kind of balked at the idea of of a Craig Kimbrell coming in and joining the Cubs at midseason when – you know, he didn't have a, a half season already under his belt of, of live baseball. But here's this is a much different situation because everybody is in the same boat. Nobody will have had a full spring training, a full half season before. I mean, it's going to be really different on the levels of, um, I guess, physical preparedness that these guys come in under because, you know, I would imagine that they're not, they're obviously not able to see live pitching or if they are, it's very limited. And, you know, we're not even close to being able to announce any kind of, or discuss any kind of date when these guys can start going back to training facilities. I mean, these guys are all at home right now. Now you do know that some of these guys have nice gyms and and facilities within their own homes. And I'm sure they're working out and, and doing what they can to stay physically fit, but that's still not the same as live baseball. So It'll be very interesting to me if that is something that they go ahead and roll with. Like I said, I don't hate the idea. I think it's probably a smart idea and it gives everybody enough time, you know, assuming this thing is over by the end of May to get a full month of maybe spring training or live baseball or some sort of baseball action and then start the season at that point. It's, it'll be weird and it'll be a season that we all talk about for many years to come, but you know, with these times that we're all in right now, I think it makes the most sense. Yeah. I also kind of like the idea. I think, I think it would be sort of fun to start off with something big, some big showcase like that. I would be curious how they would go about picking the team or if they would just go with last year's team. I'm cool with going with last year's team, by the way, that way I can start saying three time all-star starters, Wilson Contreras and Javier Baez. 
Um, but you know, I'm a little bit biased like that. Um, all right. Second idea that they had lots of double headers. We talked about this a little bit last week with Cole, Wright. Uh, they said, let's play two, let's play seven. Basically meaning that you would have to build in a bunch of double headers, maybe even one a week that might need some slightly modified rules. So one thing that they do in the minor leagues with double headers is they might play, they play seven inning games or they play like one nine inning game followed by a seven inning game. I have no idea what you start doing when you start shortening some games and not others, but we're already at a point where it's not clear the season would have the same validity as a 162 game season. So why not? I love the idea of a single admission doubleheader. You know, I don't hate the idea. And maybe if they use that a little bit more limited than trying to squeeze in, you know, a, a full season using the, these doubleheader ideas. I just think that you know, if they can maybe, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be a lot of wear and tear on players. I they would I think they would have to make some roster adjustments on what they could carry um, if they're going to do stuff like that. And I just feel like there would be probably too many too many things that they'd have to change in order to do that effectively. You you don't want to put that much strain on players and playing two games back to back, depending on who you're talking about. That's exactly what that does. That's a lot of wear and tear on the body, especially when you go zero to sixty in a matter of just a couple of weeks. So um, it's not a horrible idea if you can use it in a limited capacity. If you're doing it maybe like once a week or maybe even twice a week, but it, it's not something where I could see them doing it multiple times a week and having it be effective. And I mean, you're going to see a lot more energy injuries. You're going to see um, a lot of guys probably just be really worn down way sooner than they would typically be in a normal spread out season. So, you know, as far as from a paying fan perspective, not a horrible idea, but you just have to be careful how you use those. All right. Here's the next one. I'm actually, I actually think this is them just trying to like get a rule in that they want to talk about and that they really want to see implemented as opposed to one that is necessitated by a shortened season. But what do I know? Um, the idea is to bring in the minor league extra inning tiebreaker rule. And for those of you who don't remember it, it just means that you start with a runner on the, on second at the start of extra innings. I, I don't understand why this would have to happen in a shortened season. I guess the idea is that if you're being experimental anyway, and you're trying to do different things, you might as well try this one. I actually hate this idea. I think that I would much prefer there just to be ties after a certain point. Like if a game gets to the 14th inning and it's still tied, like you, you tied, that's fine. If we need that game to be finished later, we can. Um, anyway, I don't know. Andy, what do you think? I just, I feel like this puts a very, um, uh, I don't know what the right word is for it. I feel like this downplays the importance of these games when they do something like that. It, it kind of feels like, you know, my softball league that I play on Tuesday nights where, you know, it's not necessarily a beer league, but it's not we're not professional baseball players. You know what I mean? Like, I, it just feels like a very, a very playful take on these games and and the you know that's people don't pay big money to go watch games where they're you feel like they're kind of making fun of it or making light of it so I don't love that idea either um you know maybe an approach to that scenario would make more sense in a normal regular season where um it's something that they have plenty of time to to figure out and 
play with and make sure it works the way it's supposed to. But I just think in a, in a situation like this, I think it's probably something that they should go ahead and cross off their list as no. Got it. So we are not fans of experimental season is experimental for everything. Just like keep it right. to <laughs> keep it to right. like actual solutions for a shortened season, people. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Here, there's two more. The the next one is reimagine the postseason, and the way they describe this is, you know, if you had a 60 game season or an 80 game season, there's a lot of times where after 60 or 80 games, a team that is not that great actually might be in first or second place in their division. So you want to kind of put a buffer on that. And the buffer that they suggest is that you use it as a reason to expand the playoff field to 12 or more teams. What do we think of reimagining the postseason such that if there's only like 60 to 80 games, you have an expanded postseason to really try to figure out who the best team is? I don't love that idea either. Um Reason being, I mean, if you recall, and I know that fans of teams that have been in in playoffs consistently, you know, consecutive years or, you know, every other year or whatever else, you you notice that your guys are run down. They're tired. They don't have as long as of an off season. And that takes a toll on them to have a long season is a great thing. Yes. But to have that much of a longer season for the good the good teams. I mean, that might, that might even up the playing field a little bit more, but I just feel like that's a lot for, for those teams that are playing an extended playoff season. I like it. I like it the way it is. I think really the, their best move, I know you have another option, but I really feel like their best move is just to shorten the season. And, you know, we kind of just, I don't want to say scratch 2020 as a season that we just move on from, but I don't think there needs to be that much manipulating to it. I think it just needs to be shortened and then game on. Then we move on to 2021 and hopefully have a regular season. Yeah. I could either take or leave this. I sort of like the idea of expanding the playoffs as long as it doesn't eat into players off time. I think it's really important that they not impact the 2021 season by trying to come up with ways to backstop 2020. So I've seen a couple of suggestions out there where it's like, Hey, we could be playing games at Christmas. I'm like, we cannot, we cannot be playing games at Christmas because players need time off. They need to be able to reset. They need to get back into their routine. This is going to be one of those years. That's just kind of weird and different and we'll live with it, but it can't impact other seasons. Um, I, that said, I mean, if you went 80 games last year, the nationals would not have made the playoffs, which is kind of shocking to think about. And the Cubs definitely would have. So it's one of those weird situations where different teams would benefit from the season starting or ending at different times. And we would just have to all know that 2020 was not a normal baseball season. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like anything that comes from this baseball season, whether how short or how long it is is definitely going to have an asterisk next to it and you know 2020 unusual season or whatever they decide to call it but it's it's definitely it's definitely going to have its mark in the record book because everything is going to be a little bit skewed i think as far as numbers and statistics go well that's something we're definitely going to talk about on a future episode i didn't have it on there today but for depending on how short the season is it's going to impact things like players career numbers and i am not going to be happy if, you know, 20 years from now, we're all sitting here arguing about, well, Anthony Rizzo should have been in the Hall of Fame, but he was just 50 home runs. You know what I mean? Like, it's like if he's close and like short because of a shortened season, I think that that's something the writers will have to take into account. But we can talk about that when we have a better idea 
of how long or short this season is going to be. Okay, last idea that Rosenthal and Stark had, and this one's kind of fun. What if the baseball season isn't ready to resume until like August or even September, and they're staring down the barrel of like real short baseball season or no baseball season? The question is, would you be into a tournament? Like, so a tournament style from the beginning. So it's maybe like double elimination or something like the World Baseball Classic. You have some pods and some round robins and you just figure out who the best team was for the tournament. Now, I don't know why I like this idea, but I didn't like the idea of starting a runner on second. But I actually do like this (laughs) idea. Like this feels like, I don't know. It, it It feels like probably the most unlikely of all the choices. So maybe that's why I'm okay with it. But I actually really like this. I think um, it will be a very unusual, um, I would guess, some of the winners of some of the games, if you imagine what a tournament would look like, what a bracket would look like for this sort of tournament, I think you would see a different mix of teams advancing. Um, Just because in one game, anything can happen. Right. You know? So that might be kind of fun to mix it up a little bit. You definitely would see some different talent and you definitely see some, you know, and what an opportunity for, for guys that may play their entire career and never get to go to a playoff game. You know, I mean, something like that would be very cool for them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I actually really like that idea. I doubt anything like that would ever come to fruition, but it is fun to think about. Your 2020 World Series champions, the Baltimore Orioles. No, I was, oh my gosh, get out of my head. Get out of my head. That is one of the teams I was thinking about. I was like, how crazy. Seriously, that is weird. I have goosebumps right now. That is super weird. That is seriously one of the teams I was envisioning. I should have wrote it down. So you I could take a picture and be like, look, this is totally who I was thinking of. That's crazy. Yeah, I was... That was one team I was thinking of, and um, I was I was thinking of another team on the East Coast that I don't really want to say, but um, <laughs> we have we have friends we have friends that talk about them, and they they always they they catch they catch a bad time sometimes. So, um, but I also wanted to bring one thing up. If you're okay with me moving on, yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, so like many of us over the past few days, um, between uh, MLB Network, and I think Marquee has probably shown some too. Um, I've watched the 2016 World Series games five, six, and seven. Same. <laughs> and yeah, I figure most everybody had. I mean, they've been playing a lot on different networks, and uh, I don't have to go very far to find it in my DVR or my DVD collection or my YouTube collection or anything. I can I can pretty much find it anywhere. But I watched it the other night and something hit me kind of hard. And I don't know if this is just me or if it's like it took this long to kind of sink in. But I guess being in in that moment and that time and experiencing that team and that season, the way that we got to do that and what we get to look back on and, and the talent and how there was just something so special about that team, like almost every game. It, to me, I just, in that moment when I watched it the other night, it was two nights ago, I just kind of like something in me kind of hurt a little bit. Like my heart hurt a little bit because I was like, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that ever again. And not to say that we won't win another World Series because anything is possible at this point. I mean, we won one, which was unheard of. I mean, one's in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 
I think it will never be as special as 2016. And I don't think that that I fully recognize that in all the times that I've watched the replays and all the times that, you know, and actually in living in the moment, I don't think that I understood how truly special that was until baseball was taken away from me. And I watched it the other night and it was just like, there was just a moment where it just hit me. And I was like, you know, that, that we'll never get that again. Like each of those moments, um, games five, six, and seven were just so crazy and so amazing to live through. And I am not kidding you when I say, even though I know what's going to happen and I know the outcome and I've watched these games multiple times, I get the sweaty palms. My heart, (laughs) my heart rate was just crazy. I get, angry I have to get up and pace I mean it's crazy because it's like you're just there again and it's really cool because I think we're so special as a fan base I mean I know every fan base probably thinks this but I really think that we're so special as a fan base because that is truly who I would say the majority of us are like watching that you probably are very close to in touch with the emotions that you experienced the very first time you watched it like you know, when, when Cole was talking about Raji Davis last year, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was laughing so hard because I'm like, every single time he hits that home run, I had to stop myself from cursing. Sorry, Al. I like, all I can picture is LeBron James in this suite making that stupid arm motion with his arms. And that <laughs> when they show like outside of a Cleveland's ballpark and the whole crowd, except for one little pod of Cubs fans is cheering. I just put myself in those Cubs fans shoes and I'm just like, like you just feel empty. Like you're just like, Oh my God, this is like, we're doing this again. It's just crazy because you can just put yourself in every single little at bat and, and inning and run and everything. You can just put yourself in that moment. So I had to stop and think about that for a minute, why it hit me that hard just a couple of days ago, but I'm sure a couple of you are probably there now that we've had baseball taken away from us so I just I had to bring that up because it was such a such a special time for us but at the same time I don't know that we'll ever have that again oh I I am 100% sure we won't ever have that again but I, I have a slightly different take on it which is I think that the 2016 playoff run for a whole bunch of reasons but the most important one being it had been 108 years and if you were a fan of this team when you were a little kid And whether you were 20 years old or 30 years old or 40 years old or 50 years old or 80 years old, when the Cubs finally won it all, you had a fan experience that was so fundamentally different than any fan experience of any other team that you just can't top that. The only fans I know who have any inkling of what it was like for the Cubs to win the World Series were our Boston Red Sox fans. And they appreciate it in a way that no other fan base does. And and I'm not saying this to be like, oh, Cubs fans are the best. Although obviously I think Cubs fans are the best. I think that the circumstances of 2016, similar to the circumstances of the 2004 Red Sox win, were just such a, every single series had a moment where you thought the Cubs could lose and it was over. And then the team came back and got it done. Every single series had a champion or somebody that stepped up. Javi stepped up. Lester stepped up. You know, everybody did their part in a way that just closed everything down. Kyle Hendricks was on fire. 
Jake Arietta was outstanding. Anthony Rizzo brought himself back from the dead with Matt Caesar's bat. I mean, there's so many moments in that entire run for the ring. And I love that Marquis is showing those right now because they're just incredible to go back and watch. I, I had forgotten some things. Like, I totally forgot that after Miguel Montero hit his home run, Dexter Fowler immediately hit a home run. And then Chris Bryant went yard. I was like, wait, I, how did I blink on that? Cause the Montero home run is so giant in my mind that I'd forgotten the back to back part of that. And I, it's incredible. And I hope the Cubs are in another world series run in our lifetimes. Andy, I hope you come to Chicago. We get to go to one of those games <gasps> together. Oh my God. It's not ever going to be the same, but it's okay because we were blessed with one of the truly unique fan experiences that you can possibly have. And I actually feel kind of sorry for fans of other teams who will never have that experience. You know, it's funny because I kind of feel like that the whole us winning the World Series in 2016 brought a lot of my now Cub fan friends together. Like, I don't know that if we would not have experienced 2016 as a community, as a fan base, I don't know that any of the stuff that happened following would have happened. You know, I don't know that I would have been as active in the social media community with the Chicago Cubs stuff that I do now. You know, I mean, it, it just stuff like that, I think, brought us closer. Not to say I wasn't a fan. I am was the, the fan that I am today you know, in 1989, you know, I mean, I've always been a crazy diehard fan, but I just felt like engaging, I think, more in this community after 2016. And I think my eyes were kind of open to what um, the online community was. So um, I definitely appreciate it for that, too, because that's definitely a whole other side of my world now that I get to you know, have that I didn't have before. So there's, there's tons of things that we can look back and, you know, like you said, I had forgotten so much of what happened in games five, six, and seven. Like, you know, I, I completely forgot that the Cubs were up seven to nothing in game six, like, (laughs) like, hello, that is amazing. Um, Just stuff like that. You know, you, you forget about stuff like that and it's nice to go back and relive it. And it definitely puts a smile on my face and, And it makes me feel a little bit better in a time when anything helps. Literally anything helps, including what we're going to close out today's show with, which is if you are truly a diehard baseball fan and you desperately want to know how these games that we're missing that would have started today would go, Bleed Heavy Blue and Marquee Sports Network have you covered. There are sim games being run on MLB The Show. (laughs) I love that. And you can watch them. You can watch them as they happen. What is what? No, I just said I love that. We're doing that. I love that. Oh, that yeah. So cool. So uh, just to let people know, the Marquee Sports Network game between the Cubs and the Brewers happened earlier today. It is You can watch the whole thing on Facebook Live, or I guess it's not live anymore. It's just like an over – you know what I mean. Like you go to Facebook. You go to Marquee Sports Network. You watch the video. It's great. It's not live anymore, but it's still fun. Uh, these sim games don't take nearly as long as regular games because there are no commercial breaks. <laughs> it's just kind of like nobody's stepping off the mound and all that type of stuff at weird, awkward moments. So they only take about an hour and a half. Uh, the Bleed Cubby Blue games have been posted on YouTube. The Cubs won the Marquee Sports Network game by one run. 
Kimbrell saved it. The Cubs lost the Bleed Cubby Blue game by one run. Uh, they tried to mount a late rally and weren't able to put it all together in the end. So currently the Cubs are either 0-1 or 1-0, depending on your sim game <laughs> operator. <laughs> oh, opening day. <laughs> and yes, I'm obviously going to be tracking this. So if you want to know whether the Cubs have a better record on marquee sim games or BCB sim games, I've got you covered. <laughs> it's It sounds very Sarah-ish. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I, it's just who I am. I don't know. I don't know what else to do about that. Uh, <laughs> if you want to know which sim games the Cubs have won or lost and where you can find your next one, you can follow me at BCB underscore Sarah. You can follow Andy at BRYZ underscore blue. You can follow both of us at at cup of cubby blue. And we are here for the duration pandemic or not baseball or not. We've got you covered with all of your Cubs news notes and banter. Check us out. We'll see you next week. Bye.